Children's Church. Well, this morning, uh, we have the privilege of being in the Word of God in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. And so I'm going to ask Brother Peace to come up and uh, read our text this morning. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 8, and it's verses 23 through 27. If you are in the... Um, the, the Bibles, the ESV Bibles that are on the end of the pew, it's page number 1033. If you're in the pew Bibles, that's the NIV, it's page um, 1508. Brother's going to be reading out of the, the ESV this morning. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? All right. Thank you, brother. That was the word of the Lord. All right, if you will keep your, uh, your Bibles open with me this morning, uh, we're going to be coming back and forth to that, so uh, please keep your Bibles open. Um, so let's talk about the background. What in the world is happening here? Um, we need to picture uh, fully what is going on, and obviously it's a pretty dramatic picture, right? There's a lot of emotions with this storm. Um, so the Sea of Galilee, um, 13 miles long, and eight miles wide. Not a big sea. It's not, you know, a saltwater sea. It's a freshwater body of water, and it is fed exclusively by the Jordan River. And so I was trying to think, okay, what's like the best parallel I can give you to, for you to picture this in your minds? And so the best parallel I could find around here is at the lake up at Miller's Ferry, up in Wilcox County. It's about an hour and a half away from here, and that lake uh, is uh, behind a dam, and it's you know, about eight miles long. So the, the, the Sea of Galilee, it's called a sea, but it's actually not a sea. It's kind of like a big lake. And it's 13 miles long and eight miles wide. And if you look at the map, just so y'all will kind of know where we are um, with this um, scripture, the Sea of Galilee is actually on the northern side of Israel. And so if you look at a map, you've got Israel bordered on top by Lebanon, you've got Syria, you've got Jordan. And so the Sea of Galilee is actually on the border um, of, of Israel and Syria. And so this is where Jesus is with his disciples as they're um, going out across this lake. So I want you to think about the last few weeks. We get these uh, around here in South Alabama. We get these intense, um, but most of the time short-lived, pop-up storms that pop up. You have lots of wind, lots of heavy rain, lightning. Y'all know it because you're out in it. Um, and just like us, the Sea of Galilee is very, very prone to storms that strike with very little warning, just like what we have around here. You've, you've been through one. Um, one translation says, the NIV, um, without warning, this storm happened. Very little time, if any, to prepare. Maybe like a minute or two, if that. Um, and so... I've looked into the science behind this, and it makes complete sense. That storm, probably what happened is the thing developed right on top of Jesus and his disciples as they were in this tiny little fishing boat going across the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. And so if you've ever been out on a boat, maybe in Alabama, maybe in Florida, around here, um, 
and there's a storm, we know that, what do we have? We got problems, big problems. If I'm out on a lake in a boat, uh, that's really scary, right? I've got big problems. Same thing with the disciples here on the, the Sea of Galilee. They've got problems, and we see that reflected uh, in our text. And so back to the, the scripture, um, you've got the disciples, again, headed out across the Sea of Galilee. A fierce storm is happening, and again, just to kind of paint that picture, lots of lightning, lots of um, winds blowing across the lake very wa- rapidly. We see in the text that the waves were huge, massive, coming um, in over the side of the boat. And interestingly, during the midst of this storm that's just going crazy um, on this boat, you've got Jesus, and he's sleeping. And so we see here an example that Jesus is fully God, but we also see that Jesus is fully man. He needed sleep. He rests. He was on the back of the boat, in the the stern, according to um, the book of Mark, that's also kind of a parallel of this text. And so if I'm the disciples, what's my reaction going to be? Anxious, right? I'm very, very anxious. They're scared. They don't know what to do. Um, this little fishing boat is going to sink. We see in the book of Mark that the waves are crashing in on the, um, the sides and the back in front of the boat. And how would you feel if you were in their shoes? I would feel pretty upset, pretty scared, pretty anxious. There's a lot of uncertainty. They don't know if they're going to live or die. And so let's, let's come back to our, um, to our text. What is their response? Verse 25, and they went... And they woke him, talking about Jesus. And what did the disciples say? Saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. We are scared. We don't know what to do. Um, Now, I don't know about you, but if I uh, am quickly awoken by someone, my reaction is not going to be the best reaction, right? If if I'm waking up in the morning and someone, like, comes in and gets all in my space, that's going to really annoy me, right? But what do we see here? What's Jesus' reaction in the text? Um, Is it of, you know, anger or frustration? No, it's not. Jesus asked the disciples, Why are you afraid, O you of so little faith? Um, And I think that's a really good reflection. Here's the thing. He's got this. Jesus knows that he has this under control. He is the Lord of the entire universe, the Lord of the planets, the Lord of earth and all its processes, the Lord of um, what, everything, what everyone likes to reference as Mother Nature. Let me tell you something. Father God, who's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, reigns, and Mother Nature is a farce. He is the Lord of the storms. He's the Lord of the sunshine, the oceans, the lakes, the rivers, the trees, the flowers, the grasses. He is the Lord of the cells and those tiny little atoms that make up all everything you see, us, the, the pews, the floor, all of it. Um, he's the Lord of all those things. That means also he's the Lord of our minds. He is um, the Lord of our actions. He's sovereign, and he knows Um, what we're going to do. He knows if we're going to choose him or not. Um, He knows all things. He creates all things. He runs this, all of this, even in this text, um, when the disciples are traveling across the Sea of Galilee. Um, I would much rather have a loving God who has all of this mess, all of the the stuff that's going on in our lives under control, um, rather than the random chaos that the world attributes its start from. I would much rather have a, have a God who loves us and who cares for us. All right, so what does Jesus do next? Does he flounder around 
waiting to make a decision? No, 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 no. He calms the storm. It's a miracle. The word says that uh, Jesus got up, he stood up, and the winds and waves were rebuked. In Mark, it says Jesus stood up and said out loud, silence, be still. So what happened next? No more storm. Just like that, it's a miracle. Um, It wasn't a dissipation. You know, we talked about these pop-up storms that happen around here. What happens? You get these heavy downpours of rain, lots of lightning for 20 minutes or so, and then it just kind of gradually tapers off. But no, what we see here in our text is that it was a miracle. It was an immediate calming of the storm. Um, So I have to tell y'all, I must confess, I get easily frustrated with, uh, with fear. My patience is a little thin, Uh, in this area, and I need to work on that. Um, And while I'm sure some of that is rooted in sin, um, I would like to think that part of my frustration with fear uh, comes from this text. I see that Jesus um, says, you know, don't fear. Have faith in me. That's what he says, don't fear. We are not called to a spirit of fear, but a a spirit of power and love and self-control, as it says in 2 Timothy. Power, love, and self-control. The Lord gives us these things freely. Um, So you look at the disciples' reactions after Jesus calms the storm, this miracle happens. What do we see? We see amazement. We see worship, hopefully. But as the word says also in Mark, you know, what is their reaction? They're they're a little unnerved. They're a little scared coming back to, you know, the fear. Um, They're thinking to themselves, as it says in Mark, um, who in the world is this? He calmed a storm unheard of. Um, Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's incredible. So this text um, is just full of truths for our lives, just packed to the gills full of truth. And so I've got three brief things that stick out to me that I would like to uh, discuss. You know, over the past year or so, um, this text has just come up again and again and again. First off, at a funeral um, last year that I went to, and and the minister was talking about, um, you know, who do we have to fear when we have the Lord on our side? And then again, at Rush, as Harrison alluded to, there was this guy, great guy, um, talking about the storms of life. We all have storms of life, every single one of us. And so um, these are the three things that um, the Lord has kind of revealed to me through this text. Um, Number one, and we've kind of already talked about this, um, Jesus is Lord. He is sovereign on the throne. Without God, we are nothing. Without him, there would be no fun, no relationships, and no love. It says um, in 1 John, the word says um, in 1 John 4.19, we loved because he first loved us. We are here because God allows us to be here, and he wants us to further and advance his kingdom. Um, Jesus calmed, you know, the storm with the phrase, be calm, be still. It, you know, it wasn't a declining or a lessening. It was an instant. It was a miracle. Um, one commentary says, and I really like this, um, he's able to do the same for us in the midst of the storms that we experience in our life. The storm is always under his control. And he is able, if he so commands, to turn it from a great tempest, a great storm, into a great calm. Jesus is able to command far lesser things than wind and sea, and they too will obey him. They will. Um, if he can command the wind and the waves, he can command everything else that comes into our lives. Um, his call to us in the midst of all these storms is that we trust him and that we have um, trust him, excuse me, to have absolute control over all the things that come our way. It's our duty to trust um, him. And so uh, point number two, excuse me, 
the storms of life, they are coming. And that's, you know, kind of a, a sobering statement. They may have already affected you, maybe not. Um, one great example, again, from Rush this year was uh, this, this guy that talked about the hurricanes. And um, I think one good thing to keep in mind is that similarly to our lives, we don't have Category 5 hurricanes very often for most people. Um, for most people, they're rare, um, just like in the world. Um, and so I want to give a few um, examples of the different types of categories of storms that we might have in our lives. And keep in mind, I realize that some of these categories probably are different for all of us. We're not going to have, you know, the same categories per se. And so if some of these things have happened to you, I'm really, really sorry. Um, but I want you, if you will, to kind of think about how you felt and kind of the, the pain and the sorrow that um, you felt when you had a storm like this. So if you've got like a category one hurricane, uh, this is, you know, perhaps like a traumatic event, but it's kind of distant to us. Um, let's say like a distant relative dies that we're not super close to. Maybe our house has a leak um, that floods a room, a big deal, but we can move easily past a category one hurricane. Just like in real life, you know, if we have a category one hurricane, generally, there are some exceptions, but generally, um, it's pretty easy to move past a storm of that magnitude. Category two, maybe we're behind on our financial obligations and we don't have the means to pay. Maybe we find out that a gorgeous tree outside our home has termites and it must come down because it's going to fall. Maybe a person, you know, in our church family finds out that they have like an acute illness that they're going to be afflicted with for a few weeks. Um, again, this is a big deal, but, but it's not as serious as some of the other things that we face in our lives. When we get to category three, this is like a, the definition of a major hurricane. Um, in real life, it's 115 mile per hour winds or greater. A big deal. Um, when we get to category three, the examples I think of are lots of damage in our lives. Um, maybe like a substantial car wreck of someone that you're really close to. A child is born but needs a surgery. Um, a beloved pet dies. Um, your last connection to your family might pass away. Really, really sad. Category four hurricanes are intense and fairly rare. This would be like a brother or sister dying, a home foreclosure, bankruptcy, getting kicked out of school. Um, these are really big deals. And finally, category five storms of life. Um, and like I said, um, here on earth are exceedingly, exceedingly rare. Less than 1% of all hurricanes um, in our world are category five. For us, this might be uh, like once or twice in a lifetime type events, like the death of a spouse or death of a family member or, God forbid, of a child, incapacitation of some magnitude, cancer, all these horrible, horrible things. Um, and just like the storm in the Bible that affected these disciples, no matter how powerful it is, um, Matthew tells us, um, if we look at verse 23, now when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. That word follow connects this passage that we've been reading this morning to the one that just preceded it. Um, in that previous passage, the two men had sought to follow Jesus, but they were made to stop first and count the cost of following him. And so um, you see that in, in verses 21 and 22, both men had to confront the difficult challenges that come with following Jesus. To be a disciple means to be a follower of him. It means to, um, to go where he says go, to do what he says do, and to believe as he says to believe. So after they had counted the cost, um, 
they follow Jesus. But what happens? They go out in this boat, and there's this storm. Look at what happened to the men that are following Jesus. These are the disciples. These are the men who are following Jesus. The storm happens, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. This is verse 24. So that the boat was covered with waves. Again, this is a big, big, bad storm. Um, those experienced fishermen, the disciples, would um, ordinarily have been able to tell us in advance that a storm was coming, but this one was big. It was unexpected. And so what's interesting to me is it happened when they were following Jesus. And so even when we all follow Jesus, there are going to be these storms of life. Category 1 through 5, we're still going to have these storms, and we should seek to follow him. Um, and so I think that's something that we should take away, that we should learn to expect. As we follow Jesus, these storms are going to come. They're going to come. Uh, but here's the thing, and this is kind of the, the, um, the big thing to keep in mind here. They come for a very good purpose so that we will learn something new about our great Savior's love and his power um, for us and towards us. And obviously they're not fun. No storm is fun. Real storms, storms of life, they're not fun. But the Lord tells us that they do serve a purpose. And so the last point, and perhaps the most important one, what do we do during a storm? And what should we do, you know, not only with these storms that happen in real life, but also these storms of life? Be prepared. Preparation is the key to success when we're talking about the storms of life, um, but also real storms, right? And so the disciples certainly did the best thing they could do. In fact, they did the only thing that they could do. If you look at the text, what does it say that they did? They cried out to Jesus. They woke him up from his sleep. Matthew tells us, um, then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. Um, I did kind of some background research, and the original Greek of this text translates to, Lord, save us. We perish. That gets right to the point um, of this text. What a fantastic prayer, not only for the disciples, but also for all of us. All these things in our lives, these storms of life, some not so uh, difficult, but some very, very difficult, um, we are called to call out to the Lord in these storms because he uh, can and will get us through them, even when it feels hard, even when we think that we're not going to make it. His plan is greater than our plan. And so when we're in these storms of life, the perfect thing to do, like I said, is cry out to Jesus. Um, he's not interested in our creative speaking skills. He's not interested in our communication. He's interested in us um, and our hearts crying out to him. And so uh, to the people here that are following Jesus this morning, what is our uh, call to action here? You know, if you've ever watched Severe Weather, you hear like a call to action. And so what do we need to do with this? What do we need to do with this text? Um, I think the answer is pretty clear. When we do have storms of life, and we know inevitably they're going to come. We don't know when they're coming. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. It might be in 10 years. I hope you don't have storms of life. But inevitably, at some point, we're going to have a challenge that we face. I think the call to us is to, to cry out to him and turn to him when we have trouble. Um, I think of our good folks who are about to go off to college. That is a big transition. And there are challenges that, that come with that. But I think the call to, uh, to these folks and to all of us, we've got to run to Jesus when we do face these storms because he says that he will get us through it, through it and he will. And also to the people that have, uh, that have never called on Jesus, who might be even here today, um, 
inevitably, again, we're going to have those storms of life. And unfortunately, uh, the bad news is if we don't have Jesus in our lives and believe in him and confess with our mouths that he is Lord, we got a bigger storm than we can even fathom. It's called hell. And Jesus is the only way to prepare to not go through that storm. And so um, my prayer for you, if you don't know him this morning, is come to know him. we got folks here. we got uh, Pastor Parker. we got me. We've got elders. We've got great folks here that would love to tell you about the love of Jesus and him getting you through these storms of life and ultimately through the storm of life. And so my prayer for you this morning is that we would seek to know him. And for all of us that do know him, I pray that we would uh, turn to him when we do have these storms of life. I thank you so much uh, for the past uh, few years. Thank you so much for, for your support, for the leadership of the church, to Parker, to all of our folks here um, who have supported me as the youth director. Thank you again for allowing me to do this incredible work. And I want to thank all of y'all as well, all of our youth, some here today. Uh, it has been truly one of the great honors of my life. And again, my prayer for you is that as we all get ready to transition to the next season, uh, that we would be prepared for the storms of life by knowing Jesus. Let's pray, and uh, then we will uh, sing our final hymn. Please bow your heads. Lord, we thank you so much for this day again, and we thank you um, for this text in Matthew. And Lord, I thank you that you do use that as an example to show us that we have got to be prepared for the storms of life by knowing Jesus. I pray, Lord, even when it's hard to call upon his name in these difficult um, seasons, that we would and that, um, that we would seek him daily. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.